Let's get started. So, um, hi, my name is Mary Sadri, and you are listening to Plato, the podcast on all things philosophy. So, these podcasts should be pumped out once every two to three weeks, tentatively, and they will be focused on applying philosophical tenets, um, both ancient and new, to modern day concepts. So, um, we are all super excited to share all of our crazy ideas, all of our analogies, um, everything like that. And um, before we start, though, I'm going to have everyone introduce themselves. So like I said, my name is Mary, and I am a senior at Scripture Ridge High School, um, and I live in California. So, Abay. Hi, my name is Abay Kanna, and I'm a senior at Cedar Ridge High School in Austin, Texas. I'm Janet. I'm Janet. I'm a yeah. <laughs> I'm Janet. I'm a junior from Pennsylvania. Lena. Hi, I'm Lena. Um, I'm a what am I? A junior <laughs> in uh, Berlin, Germany. Awesome. So yeah, this is our team for now. Um. So today we are going to be starting with a topic that I think is honestly pretty exciting. Hopefully you guys will think the same thing. We're going to be talking about um, some existentialism, some nihilism. So Lena, can you start us off with some definitions just for our listeners who aren't super aware? Okay, so nihilism, what everyone else you know thinks of when we think about philosophy is really just the... The philosophical uh, thought that life and is baseless and kind of meaningless and is usually associated with extreme pessimism and radical skepticism that condemns all existence. Uh, nihilism usually, a lot of times people think it enables really depressed thinking and sometimes allows people to be angry about things that they shouldn't be like their continuance in life. Um, next, maybe you want to talk about existentialism, which is sort of like the opposite of nihilism, which realizes that we have little bearing on time and the continuance of life, though we have our own choices. We can still make choices. It's not depressing like nihilism. But in fact, you know, because time marches on without our imprint on it, it doesn't really... We have so many choices with that. We can do whatever we want with that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Those are they like they very much contrast each other, which is why I think it's super exciting to just like talk about and like apply these to like, you know, and <laughs> through like a real life basis. Um, so I am like super interested in just like talking about nihilism. So I definitely have done like a lot of research about it in the past, except I obviously am no expert, so Excited to discuss that today. So, um, I just feel like nihilism is just like depressing. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It just is like depressing. I feel like you're stripping away everything, all those like joys that people find in life. You have like all of these like humanity beliefs, like religion, uh, nationalism, all of these like objective or subjective ideas just like stripped away. So, like, what are you left with, you know? Yeah, like, there's no reason to live because there's no purpose. You're just going to die anyway. So, like, what? why be patriotic? Why do this? Why do that? 
Exactly. I think it stems from like just our desires to do things, certain things with our life, you know, have relationships, be a part of like a group, um, just really basic, like fundamental ones. And then the fact that we have those uh, leads to like sort of a knack for rational thinking, which is what humans are known for. And then what nihilism does is it just kind of flips that on its head where we have this whole realm around us where we kind of learn to like eat, you know, reproduce, etc. And then once we get to a certain plane of like rational thought, we just realize that there's no basis for like all of these inner drives we have in ourselves. So it's really perplexing what to do about nihilism, especially since like the the thoughts behind it follow a lot of the same logical processes that we use to prove other things in our life. That's true. Yeah, it's just like and I feel like it's been influenced by like perhaps like past events like in like history. Oh, yeah, that, that have, World War Two and stuff. Yeah, that have, like, depressed people to the point where, you, like, because I feel like all of us, you know, although we aren't, we still have our lives ahead of us, we can sort of agree that we've had those moments where we felt like, oh, like, it's just so meaningless. Yeah, it's like, it's so bad. Like, why is this happening? This shouldn't happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, the stories of people testing. keeping their faith, uh, like, you know, religious faith during tough times and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then the alternative is like losing that faith, and then that that mm-hmm. loss can be really depressing in those like uh, you know really really tough situations. But then people who haven't had those like really 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 bad experiences, like maybe like Jews in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. have also turned to like uh, you know pseudo nihilism as like sort of what they believe in, and it's really interesting how they um, reconcile that with you know, their obvious will to keep living because obviously a lot of nihilists are still alive today. And then logically nihilism could lead someone to the brink of just like not wanting to live anymore. Yeah. For sure. I think like, especially people's indifference, like everyone knows that you have to find your own meaning in life. But I think when it comes to nihilism, people will take that to the extreme and realize that since we as humans don't have, like, the largest impact on, like, the galaxy as a whole as time progresses, that they just lose all, like, will to do anything. Uh, like, it's all or nothing. If I can't yeah. do something, I should just not do anything ever. Yeah. No, and that's why I think existentialism... I think that's why existentialism is kind of, like where people see not like it's just the reverse of nihilism it's the opposite it's we have no bearing on life but that doesn't mean you can't live life you can just it just doesn't mean anything you know yeah you know historically um people like plato and aristotle they sort of believed humans were kind of like your everyday objects and that we had sort of an essence or like a quality Mm -hmm. within us that could be separated from uh, anything else so like for an example like let's say a knife so a knife has like a blade and without the blade it wouldn't really be a knife because then it would just be like a stick or if it um maybe didn't have a hilt it would just be you know something else um but you could Mm -hmm. change parts of knives like the like the hilt you can make it out of different things you can make it out of like you know stone metal um everything like that and it'd still be a knife so a lot of people believed for most of human history actually that humans are a little bit of the same way where our certain um our duties were part of our essence yeah 
And then existentialism just uh, took that took that notion and just kind of revisited it. And uh, existentialists really thought about, do we really have this essence, like before we were born? Because that was like the premise that like, as a human, you have this, but like, um, before yeah, you were born, essence. do you really have this purpose or this meaning? And then who gives you this purpose, you know? A lot of times, like, theists um, say that God gave them this purpose. And then, I mean, rightfully so, like, their scriptures basically tell them that. But then with the growth of, you know, atheism, people have to reconcile the fact that there's no God to give them meaning with sort of the drive for meaning within humans. Yeah. I think that ties back to, like, uh, to Nietzsche and everything with everyone, like, claims that he's a nihilist because he says that God is dead uh, because, like, we've killed him. But in actuality, it's what we've, in society, moved towards secularism that has removed God from our everyday lives and thus making him, like, dead, essentially. And I think that really shows through an existentialism because, like, who gives you the uh, essence if it's not God and if he's dead? Yeah, what qualities of our existence give us purpose? Um, And then what is that purpose? Like, those are, like, the two biggest questions. And then there are several theories that I've heard about that. Like, one uh, one theory is just called basically authenticity or um, just the the path of life to do whatever fulfills you. And that can be dangerous as well because one of the, um, one of the horrors of existentialism is that we do whatever we want. Like we have too much freedom. Obviously like in our society, we don't have that much freedom to do absolutely whatever we want. Um, and then that freedom to do whatever we want, which is not in our society is scary. That's why we don't have it. Um, but revisiting authenticity, um, authenticity just basically says that whatever fulfills you is the meaning of life and to to make the decision that is yours is the right decision is the one that fulfills your purpose yeah i think that like authenticity has such an application today i mean you have so many people that have like those i guess like desires or um i guess yeah just like desires and beliefs to and they want to apply those like desires and beliefs to their own actions in a sense. And although that can be like powerful and that can be like super inspiring to see that take place, it can also be super dangerous. I mean, to the degree in which people um, don't conform to societal standards, I think is something to consider. That's definitely a problem today. You have like societal standards, but you have people that want to break away from those old I guess like core standards and so that's where you sort of have issues with um authenticity so and that's definitely I definitely agree with you um and how that falls under existentialism yeah I think it's also important to see the ways in which existentialism has impacted our society and their philosophical views or just morals uh, because existentialism like catapulted a whole literary movement and um, art movement over this. Uh, usually, like we think of like authors like Camus or uh, Kierkegaard 
or other people who have like greatly influenced the way the media portrays things, the way art is portrayed. And I think it's like really important to see how like the early half of the 20th century where existentialism was like a really big uh, philosophical movement impacted the way we, we think about like meaning and life and how we move through the world. It's a really big question. Like, I guess that's why philosophical, uh, like philosophers are still around today. Like people, these questions while age old, they're always changing based on the context of our time. And then, I mean, we have several movements going on. Like uh, the world is going increasingly secular, I believe. And Mm -hmm. then, um, also with the whole commoditization of basically everything like, um, data, you know, fast, um, fast food, fast fashion, fast Mm -hmm. everything that is stripping away some, some sanctity and like solitude in our life that like just a generation ago, like my parents had where like when they were growing up, they, uh, they knew how to do nothing. You know, they knew how to just like exist in their like world and then find something to do Mm -hmm. and that was productive or that was fun or that was you know just like made from the things around them but nowadays we have too much to do like with the internet we literally have everything to do everything is on the internet nowadays yeah strips away like a lot of a lot of time to like look within ourselves yeah that's super interesting the fact that you mentioned or like you I know you just mentioned like okay your parents like found things to do in an era in which like there wasn't those like tech like for example technological advances that we have now and that's so interesting because I feel like that ties into nihilism <laughs> with the idea of like life is meaningless you have nothing to do but it kind of jumps into like how you have to make your like you have to make of your life um and that can be difficult to do in the certain circumstances that we talked about. So it's kind of like that revolving, like, like it never ends. You either make something to do or you have nothing to do. And you have those, like, I guess I can even say like negative thoughts, which are what nihilism represents. So it definitely has a different meaning today than what it did like 50 years ago, per se. Yeah, and also existentialism with that. If you have, like, choices, if you have nothing to do, then you choose to do something. If you have too much to do, then you have to pick to do something out of that. And then the only thing you can do is what you want to do. Yeah, this whole revolving door thing and, like, having choices in existentialism is called absurdism or the absurd. And it's, like, basically just, like, the human tendency to, like, seek value in things and have meaning in life and choose things. And, you know, it's created by Camus, who's like seen as like this really big person in existentialism for like creating all these things in existentialism, like absurdism. And I think it's, it's really sums up like, like the human existence, obviously, because we're born and then we grow up and we're told to like choose something, you know, we turn 18, you're told to like choose something, go to college and like, choose the way your life is going to go you just don't know how to find meaning and like what you want to do with your life and it's it's quite hard yeah you can't like just pick something randomly like if your parents want you to be a doctor or something but you don't then you're not like living authentically if you just do it because someone else says a hundred percent yeah 
lot of people, when they're asked, like, what's the meaning of life, just, like, you know, offhandedly, they say to be happy, and, like, that's a pretty pretty good response, like, you know, to, to just, like, like say on the spot, obviously you're not going to start reciting, like, a philosophical text to them, but, um, yeah, like, but when you break down the notion that the goal is to be happy, there are a lot of ways to be happier that we don't traditionally go by, so... Um, I could get into a bigger discussion. You know, maybe I will. So, like, Christianity. I've heard that Christianity is really interesting and that it just flips all of humans' inner drives on their head and then basically reverses all of them. For example, I have a neighbor. Um, They have property, right? They have a car. They have, like, uh, I don't know, jewelry, stuff that's valuable. Now, Christianity says, like, love thy neighbor as you love thyself, you know, I think that's correct, I'm not a Christian, but, um, that's not good for me, because I could just, like, go in there and take all that, right, and then just be all the better for it, and then, you know, maybe even, like, hurt them, like, obviously, I wouldn't do that, but, like, if we're talking about pure self-interest, I would be much better off with all their stuff, it would solve, like, plenty of problems for me, um, yeah, but that, that view is just like turned on its head in Christianity. And then I think that's really interesting because it kind of, it kind of shows how like we can't live in pure, pure freedom a lot of the times. Like yeah, that's just like not how society can work. Um, existentialism has to be explored further because it's not like, it's not a perfect system to finding true meaning in life. And back to like the happy discussion, um, I could be happier if I take that person's stuff. Um, but then I could also be happier after that if I take the other person's stuff. And then also like, you know, just like take over the lighthouse. You know, they have like a bowling alley in there or something. I kind of want that. And then like you could, happiness is never ending. So then take it all, all the way back to like, what's the meaning of life? The meaning of life is something that's never ending. So, is it to be happier than everybody else? Is that what the meaning of life is? That's a great and then point. when you say ha- yeah, like when you say happier than everybody else, that that just sounds like kind of like are you are you serious? Is that like is that the only thing? Like out of seven billion people in the world, I'm supposed to be the happiest one, and that's like that's going to be my success. That's going to be yeah. That's the goal in life. Yeah, like I have to be one out of seven billion to be to be a successful human being like that that, it it falls apart a little bit which is a little concerning i'll I'll say that yeah i like that would be great but that doesn't logically work out so that's why you sort of have to consider like how many of these philosophical ideas and their applications or real life perspective are like they're actually applicable and like not just some like made-up or, like, some crazy, like, you know, scenario that can never occur. That's super... That I really like that, Afei, that, like, whole idea. But, I, yeah, I agree. Don't steal your neighbor stuff. It's... <laughs> if we learn one thing... If we learn one thing from this podcast, it's... We don't support robbery on this podcast. We don't. Even if, <laughs> even if philosophy says that it's... I, even if philosophy like permits it indirectly, we don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So with that said, um, 
that was a really good conversation. Um, I think that we were able to contrast the ideas of nihilism and existentialism super well. Um, so thank you all for listening to uh, Plato, I guess, podcast episode one. And we hope to um, have you guys tune in in a couple of weeks. Yeah, thank Bye, you. <laughs>